We live in a very mobile world. Everyone is in a hurry to get somewhere. Throughout Scripture, God often taught people the greatest lessons along the journey. Today, we continue with Scott Pauley, our study through the great journeys of the Bible. Our prayer is that you will rediscover the adventure of walking with God. Do you know what Jonah's name means? The name Jonah literally means dove. Now that is very significant for a couple of reasons because first of all, when the book opens, what is Jonah doing? He is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. We might say it this way, he's flying away. He's moving in the wrong direction. He's taking flight, running from God. But by the time you come to the end of the book, now he has turned around. Now that's really a picture of what repentance is. And he's moving in the right direction. He is obeying God. He's doing what God has given him to do. And that's most appropriate because, in fact, the first time a dove is ever found in Scripture is in Genesis chapter 8 and verse number 8, where it is a bearer of good news. He remembers it's connected to Noah and the flood. The dove is a picture of peace. That was the message that Jonah was sent to deliver. Somebody said, I thought he was supposed to preach about judgment. Oh, he was. But the bad news was to lead people to the good news. The message of sin and judgment was to lead people to a place where they could have peace with God. He was a messenger of mercy. In fact, Jonah is the only Old Testament prophet to whom Jesus likened himself. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 41, and Jesus said, a greater than Jonah is here. Uh, Jonah was to be a messenger of mercy. The Lord Jesus came as a messenger of mercy. And you and I are called on to carry a message of mercy to carry Christ to a sin-hardened world, to go to our own Nineveh. So let's read a little of this, this story, the end journey of Jonah. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works. They turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that He had said that He would do unto them, and He did it not. Oh, this is beautiful. Isn't this beautiful? They believed God, and they turned from their evil ways. That sounds a lot like repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is always the goal, the objective. The Lord wants us to repent and believe the gospel. He wants people to turn from themselves and their sin to Christ alone who can save. It's a picture, really of our responsibility in this world. Now, there's a word that's used repeatedly through the book of Jonah. It is the little word great. 
In Jonah chapter 3, in verse number 2, there's a reference to Nineveh being that great city. Now, the word is used 14 times through the book. So let me ask you, what's the greatest thing? What is the greatest thing in the story? We know we have a great God. But as it relates to people, what is the greatest thing? Was Jonah the great thing? Oh no, he was just a little servant of a great God. That's, that's what he was. Uh, who is the great thing? Was it the great fish that was so wonderful? That's what most people remember. In the sight of God, the great thing were the souls of men. That's why Nineveh is referred to as that great city. When you come to the very end of the book, Jonah 4 verse 11, should not I spare Nineveh that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons, that's 120,000 persons, that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. God was thinking of the children. He even loved the animals that were there. God's heart for souls, God's heart for people is on full display in the book of Jonah. The greatest thing in the world are the eternal souls of men. You see, the only great thing on earth are the things that are going to last for eternity. And the only two eternal things on earth are the Word of God and the souls of men. And our responsibility are to connect the two, to get God's Word to eternal souls because in the end, that's the only thing that's going to last. So let me give you two or three practical applications, things that we can take from Jonah's example from this particular journey that he takes and apply to our own lives today. First of all, I want to challenge you to use your testimony. In Jonah chapter 3, verse number 1, the Bible says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. You see, only those who've received mercy can share mercy. Only those who've experienced God's grace in their own life can pass on that message to other people. Don't you know that Jonah was able to speak with a sincerity and an honesty and authenticity because he had just personally had his own encounter and experience with the mercy and grace of God? Has God been merciful and good to you? Has God given you a second chance? Then start there. Share your testimony with somebody else. I love what Peter said in the New Testament. Such as I have, give I thee. Just give what you have. Paul said, so as much as in me is. Just start with what's in you. John said, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Just share what you've seen and heard. Use your testimony. The second principle I want to give you today is this. Not only can you use your testimony, but give God's truth. In verse number 2, God says, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it. Now here's the operative phrase, the preaching that I bid thee. That's what we're to preach. Where he says, when he says, and what he says. Now, you don't have your own message. I don't have my own message. We give God's message. He says, Arise. That's a word of awakening. Go. That's a word of advancement. Preach. That's a word of assignment. And preach the preaching that I bid thee. He was to preach judgment and repentance and faith. So give God's truth. And then finally, I would suggest this to you. Not only use your testimony and give God's truth, but invest your time. It's going to take an investment of time if you're going to see people come to Christ. Jonah arose in verse 3 and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days journey. That's a big city. Three days across. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey and he cried. So he begins to preach. He gives these days to giving the gospel. I wonder, will you give your day today to give the gospel to someone? Will you give some time of this day not to doing your own work, but doing the work of the Lord, to, to investing your life in the only thing that really matters? It's interesting that God gave these people 40 days. In Scripture, the number 40 is symbolic 
of testing or proving. It's found 146 times in our Bible. You remember the flood, uh, the, the rain came for 40 days. Goliath cried out to Israel for 40 days. Uh, Moses spent 40 years in Midian. Uh, the children of Israel, 40 days in the land and 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, they camped at Sinai 40 days and nights. Ezekiel laid on his right side for 40 days. Elijah went 40 days without food and water. Uh, Jesus had a 40 days wilderness temptation. Uh, Christ spent 40 days with the disciples before the ascension. You get the picture? 40 is a time of testing or proving. So let me just ask you, what would happen if you and I gave the next 40 days to the gospel? What if we spent the next 40 days just telling people that they need to believe God and be saved? That they need to repent of their sin and by faith take Jesus as their personal Savior? What if we set aside the next 40 days to give God's message to other people? You see, the only other book that is as much a missionary book as Jonah is the book of Acts. And I think they really are parallel to one another. It is time for every one of us to take our journey for the gospel's sake. And you don't have to go halfway around the world to do that. Go across the street. Make a journey for the gospel today and tell someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today for this time in God's Word. For additional messages, resources, and helps for your Christian life, visit us at scottpauley.org. We hope you will share the broadcast with a friend and plan to join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.